Ruth chapter 2. That's in the Old Testament, close to the front of your Bible, right after Judges. Ruth is a short little book. And Lord willing, we're going to make it through the first 17 verses of chapter 2 tonight. Ruth chapter 2. Let's pray, and then we'll get started. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for this beautiful story. And I pray that you would help us as we continue to study it over these next few weeks to get something out of it, dear Lord. Let us, let us see your good work and all that goes on in this story. And God, let us, let us see your good work in our lives, dear Lord. And, and let us be reminded that, God, you put everything into place just the way it needs to be. And you work out things in a perfect way, dear Lord, far greater than we could ever imagine. And so, God, I pray that we see you at work in the story of Ruth, and I pray that we would trust you in our life. God, even when we don't see you at work or even when we don't realize you're working, God, we can know that you are always in control. I pray that you hide me behind the cross, that you would help me to preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak through me as I open my mouth tonight, and I pray that you would take away any pride or fear that's in my heart, and I pray that you just humble me before the cross and help me to be Faithful to preach and teach tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Now a little bit of a background before we get started. We were introduced at the very beginning of the book of Ruth to the, to the main characters. And uh, one of the main characters in this story is Naomi. Uh, Naomi and her family had to move from, uh, from the land of Israel to the land of Moab because there was a famine in the land. And while Naomi was there, her husband died, and then her two sons died, and Naomi was left with her daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Orpah. Now, Orpah decided to stay back in her homeland and not make the journey back with Naomi, back to Israel. But Ruth said, nope, I'm going to stay with you. I'm not going back to my land. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to worship your God your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so Ruth and Naomi headed back into uh, uh, Israel. And it had been 10 years since Naomi had left, but everybody realized that Naomi had come back into town. And so uh, we were introduced to the family, but then we were introduced to the problem. And the, the problem was that Naomi and Ruth are left without husbands, which, which is kind of a big deal. I mean, especially in that culture, uh, it was, you really needed a man. It was very beneficial, we could say, uh, to have a man to provide and to take care of you in that culture. But here were these two widow women who were kind of on their own in a sense. Now, we were left with a key verse at the end of uh, ch uh, Ruth chapter 1. And right at the end of Ruth chapter 1, it says that, they arrived, that is Ruth and Naomi, in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And so at the end of chapter 1, we're given a little clue, a little, a little, little hint verse that's preparing us for something that's going to come. And we see some of these hints throughout the book of Ruth that are preparing us for things that we're going to see as we go through. And it's significant that it tells us at the end of chapter 1 that it was at the time of the barley harvest. Now, that time of barley harvest would be around probably about this time of year, around March, April, in that time frame. And so we're talking about around the March or April time frame when Ruth and Naomi are, are coming back into Bethlehem. And it's at the time of the barley harvest. Now, let's start in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. 
Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side named Boaz. He was a prominent man of noble character from Elimelech's family. Now, Elimelech, that's the name of Naomi's husband. Now, this is a key part of the story that we won't fully get into tonight, but this is going to play a, an important role in this story as we continue to talk about it. There was a relative in Bethlehem, and his name was Boaz, and he was a relative of Naomi's husband who had passed away. Now, keep that in mind in the weeks to come, because Boaz, as we're going to see in this chapter tonight, is a key character in this story. Let's read a little further in verse 2. Ruth, the Moabitess, asked Naomi, Will you let me go into the fields and gather fallen grain behind someone who allows me to? Naomi answered her, Go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth left and entered the field to gather grain behind the harvesters. She happened to be in the portion of land belonging to Boaz, who was from Elimelech's family. Now, Ruth asked Naomi, look, is it okay if I go into somebody's field and I follow behind them and I gather some grain behind somebody's field in this area? Now, that may seem kind of like a strange thing if we're not too familiar with the Old Testament law. But in the Old Testament law, God had a provision in there for people who were in need. You can find that provision in a couple of places. One is Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. In Leviticus 19, 9 and 10, it says, this is God's command to the people, When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You must not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Now, this seems like an odd command, right? I mean, if you plant, if you've got all this, these crops growing, I mean, you want to get them all, right? You want to get every last one. You don't want any to go to waste. But God says, leave a little bit in your field. Don't get all the stuff around the edges and leave a little bit here and there in your field. Now, why would God say that? Well, he tells us at the end of this passage, leave them for the poor and the foreign resident, I am Yahweh, your God. Now, isn't that something? God says, leave a little bit in your field, get what you need, but leave a little bit in there. And who is this for? The poor people of the land who could go in behind the people once they got their crop picked and whatever was left, the poor and the foreigner would have a little bit to eat on. So God is showing that he cares for poor and foreign people. And we see that continually in the Old Testament, by the way, not just in that passage. Again, we see in Deuteronomy 24, 19. When you reap the harvest in your field and you forget a sheaf in the field, do not go back to get it. It is to be left for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Now, again, very similar language. If you, if you uh, forget a sheaf, if you're picking your grain and you got, got a bunch of your grain and it's in a sheaf there, and you forget it, God says, just leave it. Just let it stay. Don't go back and get it. And who is it for? It is for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. So these are people that God cares about. It's clear when we read God's word. He cares about foreigners. He, he, he doesn't just care about Israel and say, 
everybody else, I forget about them. Now, there were many people who were enemies of Israel. There were many people who were enemies of God, and, and, and God did bring wrath on them in the Old Testament. But anybody who would come to God, anybody who was seeking God, would find God. And there were some foreigners who did find God and who did turn to God, uh, Ruth being one of them. Remember Ruth said in chapter 1, I don't care about my God. Naomi said, go back to your God. She says, I don't care about my God. I'm going to your God. Here's a foreigner who is choosing to follow Yahweh, the God of the Israelites. And this food that is to be left in the field, it's for the, father, uh, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Now, Ruth meets two of those qualifications. She is both a foreigner and a widow. And so when she tells Naomi, when she asks Naomi, hey, is it okay if I go behind some people in their field and, and glean what's in the field? This is what she's referring to. She knows that there's going to be some left in the field that she can get because she's a widow and she is allowed to do that. Now, Naomi says, yeah, go ahead, go to a field. Now, she does go to a field. And of all the fields she could go to, it says in verse 3 that she happened to be in the portion of land belonging to Boaz. Now, undoubtedly, there was at least one more person in the area who had land, probably many. Boaz was certainly not the only person in, in the area that had land that was growing crops. But it just so happened that of all the people's land she could go into, she went into Boaz's land. Now, this is going to be very significant, not tonight in the verses we look at, but as we continue to move further. Now, we, we could say here, by chance, or it was a stroke of luck that she ended up in Boaz's field, but that would, would not be true, not at all. God was in control of this situation. It was not by chance that when Ruth went out into the field that she happened into Boaz's field. What a lucky coincidence. Wow, isn't it great that that happened? Well, God was in control of that situation. It wasn't by chance. It wasn't by luck. It was because God opened that door and God led her there, even maybe if she didn't even realize it. Now, I believe the same is true for us. I believe that there are things in our life that happen, and we say, man, what a, what a lucky break. What are the odds that this would happen at this time? What are the odds that I would end up right here, right now? What are the odds that, that, that this little thing happened that, that made me leave the house a little later, and because I left the house a little later, maybe I avoided an accident, or maybe uh, this happened or that happened, and, and a few seconds or a few minutes difference and, and something we do may completely change our day for the good. And we say, man, what are the odds? Isn't that, isn't that something? Isn't that great? Well, we could say those things just happen, or we could give that just happens a name, and that name is God. God was in control of what was happening for Ruth and for Boaz. And guess what? He's in control of what happens for you and I. He allows things to happen at just the right time, because that's what he wants to see happen and things to fall into place. And I don't know that we give God enough praise and enough credit for what he's doing and acknowledge God and saying, God, I know that you have put these things into place and you have caused these things to happen. Now, Ruth may not have realized that, but she happened to be in Boaz's field because God had placed her there. Verse 4. Later, when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, he said to the harvesters, The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they replied. Boaz asked his servant, who was in charge of the harvesters, 
Whose young woman is this? The servant answered, She is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. She asked, Will you let me gather fallen grain among the bundles behind the harvesters? She came and has remained from early morning until now, except that she rested a little in the shelter. Now, she's in Boaz's field, but Boaz is not there. He's, he's out and about, but he returns. Now, we see, I believe, a lot about Boaz in the very first words that he utters here upon his return. When he comes back home and he sees his workers, his harvesters out there, he says, the Lord be with you. Now, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, the first thing he says when he walks up to his workers, hey, the Lord be with you. And how do they respond? Well, they respond right back to him, the Lord bless you. And so obviously Boaz was a good man. We already know he was a good man because the scripture has told us he was a man of noble character. He was a noble man and he was a godly man. And obviously, he had a good relationship with his harvesters here. He was, he was, he was calling God's blessings on them, and they were blessing him right back. And when Boaz comes, he notices that there is somebody there that he has never seen before. Who is this woman who is in, who is in my fields? And one of his workers says, well, she came. She showed up this morning and asked if she could go behind us and pick up some of the leftovers. And she's been here all day. She took a little break during the day, but... She's been here all day. It's the, it's the Moabite woman, the one that came back with the Naomi. Now, this would have gotten Boaz's attention. Why? Because Naomi was married to Elimelech, who was a relative of Boaz. And so Boaz probably makes that connection pretty quickly. Now, whether Ruth knows who Boaz is, it's, it's unlikely. But Boaz probably at least makes the connection between Ruth's family and Naomi when he hears who she is. Verse 8, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field, and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young man had filled. She bowed with her face to the ground and said to him, Why are you so kind to notice me, although I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. How you left your father and mother and the land of your birth, and how you came to a people you didn't previously know. May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. My Lord, she said, you have been so kind to me, for you have comforted and encouraged your slave, although I am not like one of your female servants. At mealtime, Boaz told her, Come over here and have some bread and dip it in the vinegar sauce. So she sat beside the, the harvesters, and he offered her roasted grain. She ate and was satisfied and had some left over. Now Boaz goes to Ruth once he finds out that she's there, and he says, Look, you stay here and you follow my female servants. I've already told the guys not to bother you. You need to take a break. You need some water. You drink the water that my guys have got up. You get whatever you need. You are welcome here. Now, Ruth is amazed at this. Here she is, a foreigner, 
But Boaz is being very kind to her, and he is showing great kindness to her, and she is thanking him for what he is doing. And he says, look, may the Lord bless you, and you take refuge in his wings. Obviously, Ruth had come here trusting in God. We saw that in chapter 1, and Boaz acknowledges that here. And Boaz is taking care of Ruth. And again, we will see good reason for this as we go on. So Boaz appears by all accounts to be a pretty good guy. He's a noble guy. He's a God-fearing guy. He takes care of his workers, it appears. He take, he's taking care of Ruth here. And he even acknowledges, he says, Look, Ruth, the word is good that you have been taking care of Naomi. I've heard the stories. I've heard of how you've looked after her after her husband has died and after your husband has died. So Ruth appears to be a pretty good lady too. And we see that by her relationship with Naomi in the first chapter. And then Boaz affirms that by saying, look, I've heard about you and I've heard that you've done good and you've been good to Naomi and you've taken care of her. And Boaz in return is taking care of Ruth. And so this is a really beautiful story. <laughs> we, we have seen a lot of beautiful relationships here, not only between Naomi and Orpah and Ruth, but now we're seeing that beautiful relationship between Boaz and Ruth begin to form in this story. So after they discuss things, Boaz says, look, why don't you eat with us? He feeds her or gives her a little food, so much food that she has plenty to eat. She even has some leftovers to take home. Verse 15. When she got up to gather grain, Boaz ordered his young men, let her even gather grain among the bundles, and don't humiliate her. Pull out some stalks from the bundles for her and leave them for her to gather. Don't rebuke her. So Ruth gathered grain in the field until evening. She beat out what she had gathered, and it was about 26 quarts of barley. Now, not only is Boaz being good to Ruth and letting her go behind and pick up the leftover, so to speak. But he even pulls his boys aside and says, look, I want you to leave some of the good stuff out for Ruth too. I want you to pull out some of the good stalks of grain. I want you to make sure that she gets plenty of the good stuff. And so we are beginning to see this story unfold. We may not be able to see it clearly at this point in the story that God is at work, but we will see that more clearly as the story begins to unfold. And that's really the cool thing about all of Scripture. It's because we could take one story of Scripture or one book of Scripture and we could read it and it would be good on its own. But when we begin to see all of the stories in the whole book unfold, when we begin to put all of the books of the Bible together, we begin to see this, this masterful plan that God has put into place. And everything that's happening in this story it's not by chance. It's not by coincidence. But it has, been, it has been put into place by a God who is in control. And the same is true for your life and my life. We're not just living this life and whatever happens, happens, and we hope for the best. No, there is a God who is in control. When we look at our world and we see bad things that are happening, when we look at our life and we see bad things that are happening, we may say, Man, where is God at? Well, I can tell you where God is at. He is on the throne, and he is still in control. And he is allowing things to happen 
that need to happen for the good of his kingdom. And we don't always see how those things are working out. Take the story of Naomi and Ruth. I mean, they're in a pretty bad shape, right? They've lost their husbands. Naomi's lost her husband and her sons. Ruth has lost her husband. Here comes Ruth from a foreign land among foreign people. And these two widow ladies are just trying to gather enough leftover grain to survive. I mean, this does not seem like a good situation, right? But God is going to take this situation that started out really bad, that some really bad things occurred, some really sad things occurred, but we already begin to see that, that God has this plan in place. And Boaz is a key part of this plan. And so God puts a man in the right spot. And God sends Ruth to the right spot. And this connection is made. And we are beginning to see this beautiful story unfold. And we are going to see more of it next week. Let's pray. God, we come to you and we thank you for these good words. And I pray that you help us to know that you are in control, dear Lord. In our bad days, when it doesn't look like things are working out, God, when it seems like we're not where we want to be and things are not what we want them to be, God, we must not doubt you, but we must trust you to know that whatever we're going through, wherever we are, you are with us and you are in control. God, I pray that you would help us to uh, not doubt you, but to trust you. And I pray that you would send us to just the right places. And God, help us to 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 see you in, in all the things that we do and all the places that we go to know that you are there with us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.